very familiar with now. And this whole topic for this quarter has been the preparation of Jesus's disciples. And the unit that we are in now is going deeper with Jesus. Our lesson today is Jesus's response to a dire need taken from John 11 chapter verses one through 16. And we have some scriptures that we can back that up with related scriptures comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 12 through 19 and Matthew chapter 9 verses 18 through 26. The time of this lesson is AD 30 and the place is Korea east of Jordan River. The golden text is our friend Lazarus sleepeth but I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. That's John 11, 11. And it's interesting. I read the introduction to this lesson and I found the introduction quite, quite interesting. Although it's when it started out, I, I couldn't see what it had to do with it. So I'll read the introduction for you now. It said he was in Florida and she was in Montana, helping her sister take care of her dying father. When their father went to be with the Lord, she informed that her husband, she informed her husband that the family wanted him there and would pay for a plane ticket. He arrived in Seattle then and had a small commuter plane to uh, Yakima, Washington, where the funeral service was to be held two days later. Unfortunately, he arrived in a raging rainstorm and continued the following two days, that continued the following two days. And for some reason, as he went halfway to the car, he decided to go back to the house and get his Bible, even though he rarely took it to funerals. 10 minutes before the service was to start, he knew why he had felt prompted to get it. One of the sisters came to him and said, the pastor scheduled to do the service is not able to come. Can you do the service for us? Reminded by the spirit of the passage in Lazarus, he brought assurance of a future resurrection. That's what the scripture was about. And, and, and when I first read it, I, it, I, it took a turn, but as you read it and find out what it's all about, then you can see how God already knows what's going to be needed and he provides it even before we're ready for it. The lesson for today has three outlines. The first one is Jesus summon, that's verses one through 14. The second is Jesus delayed. And the third is Jesus determined. So with that, I'm not gonna go beyond this point. I'm gonna, because I've got some distractions in the background that you probably hear. And I am going to, uh, Turn this over to the pastor to develop this lesson. Can you, can you all hear me? Amen. I want to make sure. Do we do we have uh, another selection, or do I need to just go go forward? You go forward. Go forward. All right. <clears throat> well, today's uh, format is going to take uh, gonna take the format of Sunday school. So I'm looking for for participation. If you didn't. Um, if you didn't study the lesson, it's uh, okay. As, uh, as uh, our superintendent stated, we should be familiar with uh, John enough 
to uh, participate. Um, I'm thinking the best way to go through this today is through participation to make sure that we all uh, are on the same page and understanding uh, what this scripture passage is uh, trying to teach us. Um, as I always joke around, we studied John for about five years and then all of a sudden the Lord has it where um, our Sunday school uh, material for this quarter, this winter quarter, happened to be all from John as well. And today we're studying from John the 11th chapter. And uh, this is in regards to uh, Lazarus uh, resurrection. Uh, the whole chapter, which is a long chapter, it's got to do with this event. So obviously the Sunday school lesson, um, they, the uh, folks that, that uh, lay out our Sunday school lessons, they decided to chop this chapter up into about three lessons. And uh, we're going to do the first lesson that, uh, that, that is from verse one through 16. And if you have that, it's uh, John the 11th chapter, verses one through 16. I'll, I'll do the reading for that. I'll just read it uh, through right quick. And then we'll launch out from there. It says, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that uh, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and dost thou uh, thither again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbled because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. 
Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. All right. As I stated, this is a lesson, and it's the first portion of Jesus's greatest miracle. They're all were great, but uh, this is the one of the most significant miracles uh, within John. This was his uh, last public uh, miracle, if you will, and it had to do with raising Lazarus from the dead. And we're going to talk about the first portion of this uh, whole event. Should be mindful of the fact that in chapter 10, we see that Jesus ended up having to leave this very area that, uh, that Lazarus lived in because, and that is the Jerusalem area. He had to leave that area because the uh, Jewish leaders were out to get him. They wanted to actually kill him. They, they even attempted to stone him. But as they stated in, uh, as John states in the 10th chapter, uh, Jesus eluded them. He slipped out on them. And they could not finish or even start the job that they wanted to do. So as I stated, uh, he ends up going to a place where John the Baptist actually uh, had baptized and his, his uh, message, Jesus's message was pretty popular in that area. And that's where Jesus was hanging out, so to speak, at this time. And now a messenger is going to come to him from Martha and Mary, and this is going to get the ball rolling. And uh, as I stated, I would love for you all to participate and let's get started. It says, verse one, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. I'll read verse two as well. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Any comments on this? Comments on these two verses? What was going on here? But John is pointing out in these two verses specifically that this Lazarus is the brother of Mary and Martha, a different Lazarus from the one that was the beggar from the rich man. So he wanted to make sure that the readers know that this is not that same Lazarus, that this is Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. Amen, amen. Any further comments? Amen. Thank you, Sister Radcliffe. That's exactly right. He wanted to make a distinction. We don't know much about Lazarus. As a matter of fact, we only know that there was a Lazarus that Jesus loved and that he was a, uh, the brother of Mary and uh, Martha. And we also know a little bit by this passage as to where he lived. He was, uh, they, that family was good friends uh, of Christ. And uh, 
they did want to make the distinction. John wanted to make the distinction between this Lazarus and the Lazarus that was spoken about in Luke. Matter of fact, what's the significant difference of those two? Anybody know? Well, the Lazarus that uh, was in Luke, he was a poor man, he was a sick man. And when he died, he was in the bosom of Abraham. This Lazarus, when he died, he was raised to new life by Jesus. And another mm -hmm. significant thing about this passage is that John also points out that this Mary is the same Mary that washed his feet with it and dried him with the hair. So there are numerous Marys in the Bible. And John is very particular about letting people know specifically which ones you're referring to in this lesson. Amen, amen, that's right. And, and another uh, uh, significant difference that I was uh, looking for was that the Lazarus in Luke, that was a Lazarus that uh, was spoken about in a parable, right? Is more or less a parable. This one here, this is a real life Lazarus that we're talking about. Yeah, it's a story that we're going to talk, talk about and we're gonna see the story of his resurrection uh, through Christ that is. However, this was a real family. This was a real brother with two sisters that Christ did raise from the dead. And uh, the Mary, that was a good point as well wanted to make this distinction of, as to what Mary we were talking about. There are a lot of Marys uh, going around. Matter of fact, if once we read about the uh, crucifixion, you're gonna find about three or four Marys that, that are in the story. Uh, Mary was a very popular name back then for women. Mary is an offshoot of the name Miriam. So Miriam, which is uh, uh, Moses's sister and uh, and, and this Mary here was spoken about actually in chapter 12. So the chapter that follows this one, you get um, the full story as to how Mary anointed Jesus's feet with her hair. Uh, it's kind of interesting that that story follows this chapter and he mentions it in the 11th chapter. And the reason being is because you got to remember, John is, is, is reporting this from a historical perspective here. So Mary was known all throughout, all throughout by this deed of anointing Jesus's hair. So she, he mentions it here. John the apostle mentions it, mentions it here because it would trigger folks to say, oh, that Mary, he's talking about that Mary. So yeah, that was a great significant uh, 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 point as well. Any further points? Any further points? Right. And this, this, uh, this, this lesson, it, it's gonna build up and I, I really like uh, how uh, it stays true to the title, Jesus's response to a dire need. And we're, we're gonna see just how he responded to this dire need. So verses three and four, I'll read that for you all and we'll go over those. It says, therefore his sisters sent unto him saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. 
When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby. Any comments? Any comments on these two verses? Any comments? Kind of reminds me uh, of uh, um, the passages in terms of uh, Joseph and his brothers, right? You know, uh, his brothers meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Um, and there's this, uh, the two ideas in terms of, of um, proximate good, of our proximate glory and um, ultimate glory. Proximate glory is a situation where the circumstances may not seem as though God is gonna get any glory from it whatsoever because of tragedy, illness, death, destruction, uh, I'm sorry, approximate good. But ultimate good speaks to that, which when you look back with, with um, godly glasses, if you will, you can see how God was working throughout the entire situation. He wasn't, uh, nothing caught him off guard. He didn't miss it. He didn't sleep, uh, sleep and things and winked and nothing surpassed him. He was all in this, even though sometimes we may not see uh, God's presence in it and may question why God would allow certain things to happen as if, as if God was not aware. God's always involved in it. So it's the kind of the proximate good versus the ultimate good. Amen, 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 amen. All right. Any further comments? One of the things that's pointed out in, in Expositor is that when when the sister when when Lazarus was when Lazarus was sick, uh, and when they sent for Jesus, they didn't simply say Lazarus; they said the one that you love. But it, 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 the, the Expositor points out that at this time Lazarus was was sick, but probably the sisters saw him getting worse, and they had already known about some of the experiences some of the things that jesus had already performed and they 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 felt that if he was there that you know he could rectify the situation because this as pointed out this is what like the last of the seven miracles that's recorded in john uh that jesus did that's recorded in the book of john so they felt because they already had experience knowing what Jesus was capable of and what he could do, they felt that if they just sent for him, if he come, or maybe if he just spoke the word, whatever, that he could change that situation. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, they, they sent a simple message to Jesus, right? They sent a simple message and the message was uh, a few words. It says, uh, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And that word behold was letting Jesus know that it was a serious uh, situation. Okay. It was a serious situation. They wanted it to, to get his attention and let him know the one you love it is, is sick. And it's interesting. I, I heard something this morning and I'm going to tie this into where this lesson is going. But what the person stated is that most of our trials, and I want to get you all's comments on this to see what you think about it, because I'm still chewing on it. It was real interesting. He says, uh, most of our trials and most of our uh, like 
situations and circumstances, they, they, they come from our relationships. They come from relationships. So that if you think about it, the troubles and, and woes that we have, uh, most of them are rooted in relationships. What do you guys think about that? Well, I'm in total agreement with that for sure. You know, um, mm. your worries, your frustrations, you know, all of these things. You're worried about kids, you're worried about family, you're worried about finances, but still this all has to do with relationship. I'm I mean, I didn't read that, but I'm in total agreement with that. That um, your worries, your woes, and your frustrations all comes mm -hmm. from relationships of various kinds. Yeah, even even relationships within the the church, you know, there are that we talk mm. about church hurt things that's happened with different people. So it's still all about relationships, and also relationships with food, power, things, uh, uh, work, material gain, uh, prosperity. Um, it is it all boils down to one definition of a connection, a relationship. So I I can see that as uh, I can see that as well. And yeah. I just want to interject as well. Um, you see dysfunctional families. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those who have been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light, we go back to maybe you've been raised into that dysfunctional family but all of a sudden you believe in, and got called out of that situation. It's not to say that you didn't, uh, you, uh, you, still, you still remember your family mm. and the relationship that you have with them and how the, 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 the need to try to win them over to the Lord like you were, amen, it's there, you know? And uh, I feel like it was like a term of endearment for, for Lazarus, uh, he was almost like, uh, a relative of Jesus, if that, that friendship was just like that between him and Lazarus. Brother, I, I read the wrong wrong lesson this morning. So I could have. <laughs> All right. <laughs> amen. But I remember this lesson, though. Lazarus, amen. He was that type of friend. And Mar Mary remembered Jesus. She remembered Jesus performing his miracles. And even the thief on the cross, just to say this, and I'm going I'm to quit. Uh, he said, well, Lord, remember me, but he remembered Jesus, amen, mm -hmm. in order for him to say, Lord, he remembered some of the things that Jesus did in regards to his miracles. Though all of that wasn't stated in, in, in uh, uh, them telling him uh, uh, the rebuke that he got from the Pharisees and the Sadducees, then he, he, he reasoned in his own mind and said, wait a minute now, we deserve what we get. But this man does it. And so he remembered uh, in order to call Jesus Lord and insignia over his head that he's the king of the Jews, prompted him to say, Lord, you know, remember me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amen. And it's just a, it's a few more uh, uh, points that I just wanted to, uh, to add to everything that was stated. Uh, it says in that, that third verse, it says that the sisters sent him a message saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. That's interesting because they used uh, uh, they used the word love, right? Mm -hmm. Love. He whom thou lovest, mm -hmm. and that word for love was 
Can you guys remember? Agape, agape, yeah. agape love, or agape no. love. It wasn't agape on this one. Filio. It was filio. Isn't that interesting? It was filio in this verse. Mm -hmm. In this verse, it was filio. And filio has to do with what? Friendship. That friendship love, right? That friendship love. And they were, and he, these were close friends. Like I said, you know, we was talking about we just talked about relationships a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, the relationship between sisters and and a, and a brother here, uh, and and then the relationship between friends here. We're talking about how this was coming from this this uh, this trying moment was coming through relationships, so to speak, and 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 it had to be a serious illness. It had to be a serious illness. Well, why? Because there were doctors in that local area that they lived in, right? And they could have called on a doctor. Mary and Martha could have called on a doctor in that local area. But when they saw the seriousness of it, uh, seriousness of it as Sister Rackliff stated, when they saw the seriousness of it, they sent a message. And it was a simple message. It was a simple message. Behold, hey, we, we need your attention on this one, Lord. He whom thou lovest, is sick is sick and then he goes down to the fourth verse to say when jesus heard that he said this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of god that the son of god might be glorified thereby so they didn't tell us what the sickness was but they told us why the sickness occurred and why did this sickness occur the glory of God. This, this thing is going to be for the glory of God, right? It's going to be for the glory of God. And the Son of God might be, and that the Son of God, rather, might be glorified thereby, right? Who does this remind you of? It reminds you of another uh, uh, miracle that Jesus worked in uh, the, ninth chapter. With, with, with the ninth chapter. And what was that one about? The man born blind man born blind and they were asking hey why lord why was he born blind was it that his mom and his daddy sinned <laughs> but he said what wasn't because of that it was because this yeah my goodness this, god, my, this is for god, yep god, god, amen so that that's the same uh same thing um then it goes on to say now jesus loved martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, what word is used for love in this verse, in this fifth verse? Agape. It's agape, right? And, and, and agape is a is a love that 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 is out for the ultimate good of those, mm -hmm. right? This is for the ultimate good. And uh, this this love is is like an all encompassing yeah. love. Uh, and 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 this statement was uh, stated in the fifth verse to let us know that Jesus loved this, this family. He had a love for this family because what's following will make you think differently because we think a little different about uh, trials and responding to trials and tribulations and things. But we wanted to make it known, John wanted to make it known right here in plain words that uh, don't question the love. He loved them as a friend, 
but he also loved them like in, in the in the highest way. He loved them in a with agape love, Martha, her sister Mary, and Lazarus. Amen. And then he goes on to say in verse six, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days till in the same place, still in the same place where he was. What was this about? If he loved him so much, why didn't he respond? Why didn't he go right away? We, as, as folks on the human side of things, we, we're on that preventive side, right? We think prevention. As soon as somebody is hurt or somebody is uh, uh, in, in, a, in a threat, in a threatening situation in our families and everything else, we don't want what uh, seems to or will happen. We don't want it to happen. We try to prevent it. We try to hurry up and, and go in there right away and, and stop it and, and, and make it okay. And, and, and we like kiss boo-boos right away and stuff like that because we don't want people to hurt. You don't want them to hurt. So what, what's up with this? Why, what's, what's up with this staying for two days longer after you were told that my man was sick and you loved him, right? What was up with this? Yeah, Pastor, um, you know, uh, uh, we have to look at the attributes of, of Christ. We see the intrinsic attributes of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus mm -hmm. was right in, right, wasn't, like, though he's omniscient, Mm -hmm. He's all knowing and he's everywhere present right now. But then the all everywhere present situation uh, wasn't, he didn't exercise that particular attribute. However, it's just, it's equivalent of his being all knowing and all powerful in regards to that situation. Amen. So he knew exactly what he wanted to do, you know, mm -hmm. and like Jesus, we always said that Jesus always, who would have thought he would have done it like that? You know, and, and it's, this is the way it's been all through with the parables, with, with everything throughout the Gospels. Who would have thought the Lord would have done, even in the Old Testament with Jericho Wall, marching mm -hmm. around in seven days and blowing a horn and the wall come down. Stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know, uh, our God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I, I see Jesus working it out like this and, give, you know, he letting this thing marinate, you know, so God could really get the glory out of this situation. Yeah, yeah, amen, yeah. After, uh, one of the things I see with this is that um, man has to act before it's too late. But Jesus <laughs> showed us that it doesn't matter how late it is, he can still act. Amen. People do what needs to be done. Even death cannot be uh, too much of an obstacle for him to overcome. And I think that's one of the differences that you were kind of alluding to earlier in terms of why man has to try to hurry up and, and fix this and fix that because he's got a timetable. Uh, there mm -hmm. will be a point in time when it's too late for man to act, but what, what Jesus was showing is never too late for him to act, not even death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know what stresses us out, and I thought about this. You know what stresses us out a lot as as humans, as as people, is that when 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 it when it's staring in our face, just how little control we have, <laughs> just how little control we have, and, and 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 our knowledge is limited. When when it's shown that your knowledge is limited, and you want to know everything, you and you know. 
You might be a know-it-all and you want to know everything. It's your life and you're entitled to know what's going on. And you need to know, you know, the play-by-play, the blow-by-blow as to what's going on in your life. And, And this is what I wrote down. Sometimes God and your trials are having conversations that you're not privy to. Sometimes God and your trials are having conversations that you're not privy to. Because in the background, he's he's working it out, right? He's working it out. And, and you want to be privy to that situation. You want to be privy to it. But the truth is, is that this is what faith is all about. This is, this is what love is all about. And, 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 and this is a process, right? This is a process. And, 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 and he's going to go on later on and he's going to tell the, uh, the disciples, you know, I- I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad uh, I wasn't there at the time. Right. And, and, he's, and we're going to explain that glad. Uh, but the point is, though, is that sometimes God in your trials, there's conversations going on with them that you're not privy to. Mm-hmm. And it stresses you out because you're a know-it-all. You want to be, you want to know it. You want to know exactly what's going on and everything else. But God's got it. And he's showing here that, that he, he's got it. Amen. It says, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he actually stayed. He actually stayed there two more days. The expositor's writers, uh, the expositor writers stated that by the time the messenger came, Remember, you got to remember that Jesus was a distance away. He was about a day or so away from um, this was going to be the whole thing was going to be a four day turnaround. And Lazarus was going to actually be in that grave for about four days. So by the time the messenger came to Christ with the message, more than likely what? He had died. He had died. Lazarus was already dead. Lazarus was already dead. And yet. Christ stayed there mm-hmm. two more days still. And, and to, to piggyback on Elder Matt's point, uh, Jesus knew what was going on. Okay. <laughs> he, he had full knowledge as to what was going on. He, he's not like us wanting to know what is going on in the background. No, he knows what's going on. He's well informed mm-hmm. of what is happening and he's got it all in control. Amen. I say something expositive wrote here. He says that uh, his reason for delaying was not unconcerned, yep. but yep. rather to ensure the fulfillment of a greater purpose than that anyone at the time could have realized. That they, is it. Anyone That's at the time could have realized how his delay, what his delay was all about. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that is it. And, and I hope you all go back and and read um, uh, this lesson. I tell you, I, I marked up the whole lesson. I got it all highlighted. <laughs> so, so much good stuff in that because it tells you, it shows you how to deal with uh, with with these trials and, and these uh, stressful circumstances. And, and it helps you understand that Jesus does respond. He does. God does respond to our needs. Amen. Amen. Those to say that uh, then after that, said he to his disciples, let us go unto Judea again. And Jesus was confusing folks here, right? He's confusing folks. because So he stays two days after he's told, he stays two days. Mm-hmm. 
And then all of a sudden he comes back in, in verse seven to say, and then he'll say uh, to them, let us go unto Judea again. So now the focus of the text is shifting from uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And now it's shifting to the disciples. And we're going to see all of a sudden, uh, you know, how the disciples uh, deal with this. And it says here that his uh, disciples saith unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? What they're saying here. I, I kind of said this in the intro of the lesson. What is this saying here? Well, basically, they saying <laughs> you you thinking about even going down there when you know they're trying to kill you and we with you? I mean, they go try to kill you, they might get us too. You know, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, they thought they they thought uh this was a, a, a foolhardy type of thing that the Lord was getting ready to do and not realizing who they were talking to. Amen. The master of the universe. Amen. 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 <laughs> the Lord was reminding them that he had total control of the situation regardless of what they tried to do. But, mm -hmm. you know, that his hand is on all of this. And also going back to, you know, with the, at that time was a belief that uh, that a body was dead, like on a third day, I guess the spirit would separate. And also the Lord just want to show them that, look, you know, that I know I am the resurrection. When my time and whenever I decide, and so he decided to stay a little longer in order mm -hmm. to show that, that this is no, I got this. Mm -hmm. and, and and so he was in total control because he knew this was the finale. You know, this is it. He wanted to send this message you know, mm -hmm. right there. Amen. Man, amen. Yeah. Okay. He didn't realize that uh this wasn't Jesus's time yet to go to the cross. <laughs> amen. And for him, for Jesus himself to say, I'm going, amen, that 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 should have uh, resonated in their minds that uh, uh, this is uh, who, who the Lord said in audibly at his baptism. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Please and so do. Jesus is, is on his mission. This is his three-year ministry. This is what has to happen. Amen. amen Christ amen 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 any further man I like I like the comments it is it, you all are exactly right if someone stated that these disciples they saw the danger in the situation and they didn't want to go back to dodge they they, they got out of dodge and they wanted to stay out of dodge right they wanted to get out of dodge and they did and they wanted to stay out of it they did not want to go back there they saw bricks and stones that break bones that were going on, right? And they wanted to stay away. And they said, hey, you know, you talked about going back there, man, they were talking about, you know, they they think about, let's let's try to talk this brother out of going back, you know, let, let's try to let him know, you know, let's remind him, maybe, maybe Jesus, Lord of glory, maybe he forgot. So let's remind him 
of, of the situation, right? Let's remind them of the situation. You, they tried to kill you. You don't want to go back there, do you? And he answers them in a very interesting way. Because like I said, he was confusing them. If, if, if they don't think on a spiritual level, then they're going to be totally confused about this thing. So he goes, comes back in verse 9 and he says, he answers, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world. Verse 10, but if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. What in the world is he saying here? I mean, what does this have to do with cheese on a cheeseburger? What? What is this about? What, what does this have to do with anything? They're talking about stone and, 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 and threats on his life and everything else. And then he wants to talk about daylight saving time. What, what is this about? <laughs> Basically, he was saying as long as he's walking in the light of his father's will, nothing is going to happen in, to him until his father says it's time. That reminds me of something that Elder Williamson used to say. Elder Williamson says that if God has a job for you to do, no matter what, nothing's gonna happen. God's gonna preserve your life until that job is done. And this is the light that Jesus is walking in, the light of the will of God. Man, amen, amen, amen. That's good, that's good. Anyone else? It's only 12 hours in a day. You know, we mm -hmm. live in a 24 hour day, you know, but uh, part of that day is darkness. Amen. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we know that the Jewish calendar, anything from uh, any part of a day is a whole day, but uh, 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 I mean, talking about night and day is a whole day, any part of the day. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, he was saying here, you know, why you, he, he's really showing them that uh, this is revelation that, you know, God is opening up their eyes to see something here. And it's a spiritual thing that they need to see in regards to what he's getting ready. And though your your response might be, we might be curious about, it, and all of us are, you know, we, we we our curiosity, mankind, we we gonna try to reason things out in in our own mind, and and it, it very well could not be of God, but God, you know, because of we're believers as well, He gave us the word so we can have revelation to understand what He's doing in regards to these types of situations and. He's still looking at, he already said, I'm good. So God might be glorified. So all of this, amen, is, is, is uh, showing them that this is what he's talking. He already told him that and he's showing them and speaking it and showing them because he's on his way. To healing last. Anybody, any other comments? You know, it's, it's interesting because some people look at the glass half full and some look at it half empty, right? And, and, and most of this is about perspective, right? And Jesus was saying, you know, uh, adjust your perspective here. I like what uh, uh, was stated and in particular, uh, going back to what Elder Williamson has stated before uh, in the expositor writers, they support that. And it's that this uh, verse uh, spoke about being in God's will, right? 
And, and that is in the light of God's will. And if you're in God's will, you're walking in the light. And, and it's being in the light of God. And, you're, and, and, and when you are uh, in his will, uh, executing what his purpose is in your life, um, there is a sense of invincibility that's there because he's going to protect his own as they go about doing the work that he purposed them to do. And I heard another explanation that I want to kind of merge those, these two together, what I just stated, and this is what I'm about to state. It says that when you look at light and you look at daylight, there's only a certain amount of daylight there is. You only, you only get a certain amount of daylight. Uh, you know, you can't stretch that daylight and you can't decrease it as well, right? You can't increase it and you can't decrease it. Those that love you, right? Those that love you, they can't give you extra time. They can't increase that daylight, right? And those that hate you and, and, and those enemies that you have, they can't decrease it. They can't, they can't decrease a day. They can't, they can't do it because God has a, a set time for us all. And we have a set time. And within that set time that God has given us, right? No man can increase it. No man can decrease it, right? No man can increase it. No one can decrease it. So if I'm looking at it, and like I said, if this thing is about perspective, why look at it from uh, what enemies can do to me? And looking at it, how it could be decreased. Why look at it from the perspective of what enemies can do in terms of decrease? No, I'm going to look at it in terms of that set time that God has given me to do what he is telling me to do. And that's what Jesus is saying here as well. I have a set time and enemies can't, can't, can't move that, you know, friends can't increase it. You know, I know you all are trying to increase it by saying, Hey, stay away from that area and you don't want to go there, but that's, that doesn't increase it. <laughs> and, and me going will not diminish it. It will not diminish my time. It's a set time that God has. And I want to make sure marrying the two together, marrying the two ideals together. I want to make sure that within this set time, I want to be doing his will. And I want to be about his will, right? I want to be about his will. So I'm going, Jesus more or less told him, I'm going. And he says this in the 11th verse, says, these things saith he, and after that, he says unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. What is this saying very quickly? What is this saying? He's going to be okay. He's sleeping. He in the bed. He comfortable. I mean, he probably done took something, you know, a sleep aid or whatever. He, he all right. Even if he got symptoms. He, he, they got him, they taking care of him. We ain't got to go down there. Chicken noodle soup and sleep, right? <laughs> That's right. He should be good. If, 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 if you're sick, the best thing for you is some rest, right? Just, just rest up. And now he's doing the best thing for him right now. But what they didn't understand is Jesus was, was what? 
saying they was dead. He was dead, right. dead. That was the terminology back then. Uh, uh, somebody that sleep is is really dead, you know. Yeah. And that that term was used back in back during those times. And and they should have been familiar with it all throughout right. the Old Testament and uh, throughout the Old Testament and and everything else. They should have been familiar with uh, the terminology of sleep. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Jesus goes on and he says uh, to them after they say this. Uh, in the 14th verse, then said Jesus unto them, plainly, plainly, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> if you didn't get it, now, you know, it's like what, it's like, so like John MacArthur said, he said, read my lips, Lazarus is dead. Okay, you maybe, maybe you didn't get it, he's dead, all right? And then he goes on to say this in verse uh, uh, 15, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Whoa, I'm glad? What is this glad about? In what sense Jesus is glad? He was building, he was building uh, their faith. And you know, when you got the power to wake someone from the dead, really, it's like they're asleep. You know, I mean, even though to us he's dead, but Jesus let him know to me mm -hmm. it's like you're asleep because I have the power, I have the resurrection, resurrection mm -hmm. power, mm -hmm. and he's trying to bring them to the point to trust him to understand, you know, that that he have that 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 solid faith in him. You know, mm -hmm. it's almost remind me. Um, I heard someone says that it was a gentleman that did a highway across the uh, Niagara Falls. You know, he, all the trials there, he had a wheelbarrow. He walked the, the wire off to one side. Then he got on the other side. He asked him, say, can you believe I can go back? And everybody said, oh, yeah, we believe, we believe, we believe. Then he told him, say, if you believe, you know, get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so, you know, all this, that sideline faith is one thing. <laughs> You know, right. got, you got to get sometimes you got to get in the wheelbarrow <laughs> when yes, it comes uh, to Jesus. <laughs> I, I I get in Jesus' wheelbarrow, but I don't know if I would have got in his. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, but yeah, in, in, in front of it, yeah, he had, if he had been there, the smiles that he said that uh, he would, he probably would have uh, uh, healed him instead of uh, uh, raising him, letting him, and instead of uh, letting him die. Uh, but the fact is, is that that's what he had to do in order to establish some faith in his his own disciples, mm -hmm. Amen. so they can be a doer of the word. Though Jesus is saying these things, now they can be a doer of the word, so they can be uh, developing their maturity, maturation process here, and mm -hmm. uh, but uh, showing them that he does have power over uh, death, and, and mm -hmm. this is what he wanted to display to them. So they can be encouraged and they can go back and, and retrospect whenever these things happen. We know that Peter raised dead, people from the dead, Paul did. And it's because Jesus did it. Amen. Mm -hmm. that, that's mm -hmm. exemplified here. Amen. 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 And it, it, it was some it was some great uh lines that 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 uh was written by our Sunday school uh writers. 
And two of them really hit home for me. One said, we need to learn to deal with life in ways that would glorify him. We need to learn to deal with life in ways that would glorify him. Dealing with life in a way that will glorify God. That, 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 that was a key line or sentence for me. Here's another one. Faith is strengthened through patience and hope. Faith is strengthened through faith, through, through patience and hope. Those were some, some, some heavy hitters for me because when you just sit back and chew and marinate on those, it, 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 they're saying quite a bit. They're saying quite a bit. And that's exactly what was going on here. I remember uh, like with little guys when I'm playing basketball with, with little fellas. And, uh, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a language on the court that folks don't understand. Or there's a language among athletes that folks outside of ath athletics don't understand. And, um, and what was going on is uh, I let a little fellow make a basket and he rejoicing and, and he's like, man, he, you know, he made that over, uh, he made that over me and he's just rejoicing. And then all of a sudden he comes back and I let him make another basket and he, his chest is popping out at everything else. And then all of a sudden he comes in again. And when he comes in, I smack that stuff all the way out of the gym. And then all of a sudden his face changed. And then all of a sudden he comes back again. I smack that stuff until it's out of the gym. And he's 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 almost, you know, he's he's almost to the point of being devastated. And then all of a sudden he comes again a third time or a fourth time. I smack it out of there. And then I kind of see the eyes watering up. And then when I see the eyes watering up, Right before he gives up, all of a sudden he comes in and then I let him make it. Oh my goodness, he's rejoicing, he's so happy. He, I mean, he just can't believe that he made it. And then all of a sudden I let him make another one. And oh my goodness, he's, and, and he made it and he's so happy and everything else. See, that's what I'm saying. He, you know, because of what he went through, he went through with something, he appreciated it even more on the other side of the trial. And that's what Jesus is trying to show them is that there's a, there's something at work here. God is having conversations with your trials that you're not privy to, but it's for your good. It's for your good. And you go through something and you can appreciate it so much more, so much more. And then we'll end it with this, that, that Thomas came in in the 16th verse and Thomas came in and he, <laughs> he pretty much said, well, uh, fellas, let's wrap it up. Let's go on down there with him and die. Let's go, let's go ahead and let's go ahead. Now, we can't get on Thomas too much, right? Because although Thomas was a pessimist, he was, a, he was one that had some guts, right? Because he could have said, well, fellas, you know, hey, I ain't going. You know, let's run. Let's get out of here. He's crazy. But no, he said, let's go and, and, and more or less, let's die with him. Let's go down there and die with him. We're going to die. He's going, they're going to kill us. They are going to kill us. But let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and die together. Even though he was with the Lord of glory, right? 
So we see that they needed they needed maturity in their faith. Their faith needed to mature better. You know, they needed to progress more because had he, he had he been fully aware that he was with the Lord of Glory, that wouldn't have been no option, right? He could have gone in and walked through the fires and everything else. But he was saying, hey, we're going to go down there anyway. And the last question I'm going to have for you all, and we're going to wrap it up. How do you deal with pessimistic people? I have a comment just before you get to that, because uh -huh. that has anything to do with what you've just explained. Because earlier part of the lesson, the, the expositor points out that Jesus had already proved his authority over hunger, right. over diseases, over the laws of nature. And now is the opportunity to prove, show his authority over the greatest enemy of all, which is death. Amen. Amen. In answer to your 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 last question, and as a uh, just as a, a point that Sister Andy wanted me to to interject this, uh, I was trying to find out what she was talking about during that time. But it is a very pertinent and relevant uh, thing to bring out, and uh -huh. it answers uh, an earlier question, but also the one that you just posed. And uh -huh. she wanted me to let everybody. Just, just remember about the 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 young maiden who was dead. Also, uh, in in uh, Luke chapter eight fifty two, uh, now they were all weeping and lamenting for her. But he said, "Stop weeping, for you see, for for she has not died, but is asleep." And they began laughing. These are the naysayers that you were talking about, laughing at him, knowing that she had died. He, however, took her by the hand and called, saying child arise and her spirit returned and she got up immediately and he gave orders for something to be given to her to eat so we know that she was not just sleeping because when we sleep our spirit does not leave our body uh and and we know she was dead but those were some naysayers those yeah. were some people that did not believe and they had a similar problem that the disciples had in that they did not believe uh, mm -hmm. But a lot of that unbelief was because they did not know who they were with. They did not know Jesus. And that's the answer to naysayers. Mm -hmm. With man, these things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So I just wanted to bring that out because Sister Andy wanted me to, to she, she can't interject as quickly as you guys can. So we wanted to make sure we gave her an opportunity to, to have some uh, participation in this discussion. That's all right. That's all right. And, and, and anybody else could take a stab at this. I, I do. We deal with people that that I always look at the class being half empty rather than full. And 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 every encouraging thing that you got to say with them to them, they come back with, well, you know, you know my toenail. You know, I, I look at my testimony and I use the word of God. Mm. I support my uh, in regards to these guys. Mm -hmm. I know what Jesus's purpose is for us down the road. Amen. Mm -hmm. uh, our situations uh, then and later on, amen, in regards to our future. You know, uh, I, I know I'm going to heaven, you know, mm -hmm. because I love the Lord. I, 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 know, I know what I did according to the scriptures. I use the scriptures to support whatever the topic is that we're talking about, dialogue or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I would I would use the scriptures. I mean, for these pessimistic people, and you got them out there. You got them even in the church. Amen. You got different different denominations. Amen. That they're saying that this is what the word says, and and so 
dialoguing, amen, I can, I can swear, no, it's not like that. But yes, yes, it is. But I said, well, what does the word say like that? You know, not to get in no argument or nothing like that, but uh, I use my test. I, I know what I used to be. You know, I know what I used to do. Amen. Now, you know, now I'm like Second Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I, I, I'm a new creature. I know what uh, Ephesians 2 and 8 says, that by grace I've been saved through faith. Not of me. Mm -hmm. not the works that I did outside of faith. It's what mm -hmm. I was recreated in unto good works now. This is what I did. But I can, I can, I can, uh, I defend that. You know, we are apologetic. We defend the faith. Amen. Uh, in regards to uh, these pessimistic, pessimistic type of people out there. As I say, right, some, uh, something I, I do on my job and as I encounter individuals is say, and I explain it afterwards, I say, our complaints are other people's blessings. <laughs> uh, you know, teaching in high school, you know, with wearing masks and 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 dealing with all the different variables, and sometimes it's a matter of, you know, I can't I can't breathe as 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 easy as I did before. Or I have to do these additional things, and I remind people, you know, is it you know, hey, we're we're complaining about a job that we have. There are people who would love to have the jobs that we have and complain because they don't have a job or don't have uh, uh, the type of job we have. So. Uh, our our complaints are other people's blessings, and that that tends to the the the, the change that conversation at least at that particular moment to reflect upon of 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 all the things that we think about that are happening and that we feel are important and inconvenience. What does that look like in the grammar in the larger scheme in terms of their day and in their family? So, yeah, mm -hmm. our complaints are other people's blessings, and be careful because we might just get what we want. Man. <laughs> you know, I spend a lot of time, I talk to uh, Reverend Nate a lot of times, and what he's, he's always talking to me about things happen, and he said, Bishop's response to that was, just keep living. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, and you know, I, I, I may not have the perfect uh, answer for, for, for that question, but I, I, I would begin by saying this. If we talked about how a lot of challenges come from relationships, right? Uh, and we say like those relationships in our lives, if it, if it be with people or, or food or whatever, uh, we, we talk about uh, relationships on that level. But I, I would begin to point a person to the relationship that they have with themselves, right? Because that's an important relationship that they need to keep. Uh, uh, a tab on as well, you know, that relationship with yourself, when you're beating up yourself and when, you, when you're doubting and, and, and everything else and, 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 and trials and tests and depression, they, they have a way of just having you focus on you. And the, the whole goal most times, you know, with the enemy is to get that focus off Jesus. To get your focus off Christ, to get it off God, and 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 what better way to get it off God and you know Jesus than to put it on you and yourself? See, so I would say, you know, focus on that relationship with you too, and realize that when you're focusing so much on you, just say, ah, you know, let me look to the hill from which cometh my help, because my help cometh from the Lord, and I would begin that 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 conversation with mm -hmm. that. 
Amen. Amen. So uh, I know we went over time, but, um, you know, I, I got about a good two, three more hours in me if y'all want to stay. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. We're going to end it right here. We're probably about 20 minutes over. Uh, I enjoyed it. And, and, and on a serious note, if you guys have not read this Sunday school lesson, please go back and read it. But in particular, read the golden text. Man, you talk about a great exposition on, on our view of death and what death means you know, to us and for us. What a great position that they explained in the, in the expositor. It's a great uh, position that they took, amen. Uh, other than that, I'm gonna hand it back over to our superintendent.